Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 133 at Edmonton. The uh, Edmonton Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, on the weekend, advanced settle the first round of the playoffs. A hard-fought, nasty game against Colorado. Game four of that series, they won three games to one. They rallied from a 2-1 third-period deficit. To talk about that in the upcoming series against Dallas Ake and San Diego Gulls and uh, where the uh, Condors are at, uh, Jay Woodcroft joins us there, head coach. Hello, Jay. How are you? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Good. Yeah, thank you for doing the show. Um, let's uh, let's start with the game Saturday. Uh, I think five on five, maybe not a great second period, but your boys amped her up in the third and got her done. Just uh, a thought on what you witnessed that night. Well, uh, I thought we had actually, Bob, I thought we played a really solid series in general, five on five. We, we barely gave up. Uh, any five-on-five goals. In fact, I think we gave up two penalty kill goals against in the series, a couple four-on-four, a six-on-five. Five-on-five play play has been a strength of ours the entire year. It was in the first round, and in uh, game number four gave us a chance to win. Um, I thought, uh, you know, there were a lot of ebbs and flows to the game on Saturday night. I thought they started with a push. And a level of desperation. We worked our way into the game. We took it over there for a while. Um, we had chances to make it two nothing. We didn't. They came back uh, and scored on a turnover on an individual mistake. And then uh, obviously they scored a power play goal with 0.5 seconds left in that second period. What I loved about our group was our response in the third period. I thought it was our best period that night, and uh, up for one of the best periods we had in the playoffs. Um, I, I thought there was a look about our team. There was a determination about our team that uh, we were going to play a very good period and try and end it on Saturday night, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, uh, well, four-goal third period, you know, shorthanded goal, and there was lots going on in that game. I mean, Cooper Marodi got knocked out of that game in the first period, got the double whammy there with Mason Gertzen, who was a tough guy in the Western League, and then Cale Kessie, who was a tough guy in the Western League. Um, and so your team dealt with a little bit of adversity because you didn't have Kale, or you didn't have uh, Cooper the rest of the way. You, you had to like – did you like the physical response afterwards uh, with Keegan Lowe getting things started, but also just in terms of how your team responded without having one of your better forwards available? Yeah, I, I think so. I, we've also, the last couple of games, dressed – 11 forwards and seven defensemen. So for us to lose a forward early in that game, that meant more guys were were being asked to play bigger minutes. Um, I thought our guys managed our shift length very well. We were able to get everyone involved up front. We were physical. We were not backed off in any way. You mentioned a couple guys by name, but I think team toughness-wise and um, just the hardness of which we played the game, and that doesn't always come down to, to fighting. It, I mean, for me, it, it comes down to winning individual battles, 50-50 pucks, foot races, 
the willingness to place inside someone's equipment, to have a heavy stick and, and get underneath the opposition stick. Those are all factors in what we consider toughness. And uh, to see the response of our team, um, that we weren't going to get pushed around, I thought was great. And then obviously we scored a power play goal, which is a form of our toughness as well. Scored a power play goal early in the third period, got us back in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, Cooper, it's a day-by-day situation at this stage. Jay, is that fair? That's correct. Absolutely, that's very tough. Well, and I mentioned that because you haven't given us any injury information all season, which is your prerogative as head coach as you're getting ready for uh, San Diego. Uh, just uh, if you can, you know, Evan Bouchard's now played a couple goals for you, a couple games for you, he scored in both games, you've played him limited minutes. What are you seeing from uh, the Oilers' number one pick from uh, the 2018 draft? Well, I see that he's a guy who's very comfortable in his own skin. He has a great poise about him, a great personal confidence. It's not easy to get airmailed in um, to a playoff series with a team you haven't been with the entire season. It's not a very easy thing uh, to do. Um, and he's come in and handled the situation with great uh, aplomb. And, um, you know, he's the first couple of days he was around us was about uh, getting used to uh, our language, how we practice. Um, he got a couple really good practices in last week. Um, he understands our tactics. He has gotten a good feel for the speed of the game at the American League level. And when I say that, the playoff speed at the American League level. And, um, you know, he's come in and he's been part of a seven-man decor. He's found uh, a niche on our power play. Um, he's seeing uh, good minutes otherwise, and he's, he's handled himself very well. I think his, his gift, obviously, is uh, when the puck's in the offensive zone and it gets to the top, he's unafraid to shoot the puck. He has a knack for being able to get it through with traffic. And, um, you know, we don't win either of those two games if he's not in the lineup. Um, he's a big part of what we got going on here going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Are you likely to continue playing seven defensemen, do you think? I think that's a fluid situation. I, for us, our decor has been uh, the strength of our team the entire season. And we've had the, the benefit of good health. We've had the benefit of continuity. And we have, I, I believe, nine extremely capable options on the back end, all, all of whom are able to uh, be inserted into the lineup, all bring different ingredients or skill sets, and all can help our team win. I think it's a real strength of the organization as a whole, yes. and I know we wouldn't be where we're at without uh, the quality of of people and quality of players that we have on the back end, that's uh, that's a good um, situation for a coaching staff to have is, is the ability uh, to run 70 or 60 and have a ton of really good options. Well, obviously you've had Keegan Lowe and Ryan Stanton there all season. Those are AHL veterans and leaders for you. You get Brandon Manning brought in for the final couple months. I, I'm just trying to recall off my top of my head. I don't even know if he played a playoff game for you, but there's a guy that's got lots of NHL experience. So uh, you certainly have options from that front. Um, how challenged are you up front right now with the forwards? Well, I, I think we have a lot of good forward options as well. I, I think we're, you know, 
Uh, we have a couple bumps and bruises uh, that need to be rested up here, and that's why uh, the space between series, I think, will be beneficial to us. Um, we're running this week like a typical American League week in that uh, we played on Saturday night. We don't play again until Friday night, so it's a typical week for us. We're going to take advantage of our rest. I like that um, we've gotten contributions uh, from all our forwards that have been in the lineup. Um, we're Not only are we deep on the back end, I think we have a, a good mix of veterans and young players up front. Um, we have a good mix of checkers and, and playmakers, and we have a good mix of role players, players who, who can fill a role on the penalty kill and also on the power play. Um, just like our back end, we have lots of good options. I know that Bouchard uh, ended up going down. Uh, Kirill Maximov finished up roughly at the same time that Evan Bouchard did. I'm not sure if there was issues with immigration. He also was out of the lineup for basically the better part of three weeks with a lower body injury. Is, it a, is he a possibility that he could be joining you at some stage? Possibility, yeah, um, but his is a fluid situation as well. Okay. Uh, how have you matched up against the San Diego Gulls this year, Jay? We've, we've had a lot of really good hockey games uh, against San Diego, uh, emotion-filled, uh, physical. Uh, they're a deep team. They're uh, lots of first-round picks yep. at all positions. They're, they're, they can score. Um, some of their younger skill got some experience up in Anaheim uh, during uh, the last 15, 20 games of the NHL regular season. Uh, in our last four games against them, I believe our record was 3-1. and one. Uh, Their building is a 12,000-seat minor league building that is um, usually very well attended and, and uh, with an enthusiastic crowd, and there's big momentum swings. Uh, they did a nice job in their first-round playoff series against San Jose. They're going to give us everything we can handle. We're going to take uh, the next few days to make sure we're ready for them, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining series. Yeah, uh, Dallas Aikens coaches that team. I know Sam Steele's back. He's a first-round pick. The guy that was going great guns for them earlier this year is Troy Terry, and he got nicked up when he came up with the uh, uh, the big club. They also got Max Jones, another first-rounder from the same draft that Steele went first. And... Uh, he played uh, all four playoff games as well. So they've certainly, and, and Connor Yamamoto remains out with you guys. That's a fluid situation as well. That's a great way to put it, fluid situation. All right. <laughs> Jay, best of luck. Uh, we'll hook up next week. Uh, so the schedule is, is it Friday and Saturday you're at home, and then you guys go game three and four in San Diego Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, no, it, we go uh, game Three will be Wednesday in in San Diego. Okay. Friday uh, in San Diego, and then um, game five back on the Saturday, and it's every other day after that. All right, Jay. Uh, we'll hook up early next week then. Okay. Thank you for your time. Good luck. Appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. Have a good day. That, you bet. That's Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the uh, Bakersfield Condors. It's one forty-four in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you again. John Shannon uh, mentioning. That uh, about an hour ago, that rumors of the imminent hiring of Ken Holland. Uh, I, I didn't. He didn't say they were exaggerated, but he said he wasn't even sure if people have been asked uh, if permission has been granted at this stage. Talked about a scenario involving the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, circled back to 
Elliot Friedman in his list, and in his list of three, Mark Hunter, Kelly McCrimmon, and he had Holland in the mix as a potential guy, but no one was sure as to who's been asked what, and Ken Holland's just been, uh, well, some would say promoted, some would say booted upstairs into a presidential role now that Steve Eisenman has returned with the Detroit Red Wings organization. So I, I would say if we were paraphrasing Holland, it'd be way premature to suggest the Oilers are closing in on one individual candidate at this time on the GM hunt. In other words, it's open process. 145. We'll uh, wrap up with some texts, some tweets, some emails, but not before I tell you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store at Royal Pizza, where the Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. And you know what? This day in order's history was a beauty when we come back. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, we'll get to it right away here for this day in Oilers history. Uh, on the state, back in 1997, the legendary Bob Cole. They're going to try here, rushing to center and down the lane. Now, on the spur of the moment, uh, because it's not on YouTube, we didn't have Rod Phillips' call for that. So my apologies to my former broadcast uh, partner because uh, his call was brilliant as well. Um, a couple things from that series. Annie Moog gave up some bad goals. In the Oilers' 3 nothing comeback at home, they got like three goals in two minutes. Two of them were just... That was, in, was that in Game 3? I think it was in Game 3. Just ugly goals. And then uh, Buckberger won an OT, and that wasn't a beauty either on a drop pass from Matt Slingren. Ryan Smith won Game 5, like, I don't know, 40 seconds into Game 5 overtime. A clapper from Ryan Smith. He never scored on a slap shot. So Moog uh, had, a, had a couple tough moments. Curtis Joseph was unbelievable. It was awesome, though, because the Oilers, of course, had missed the playoffs in 93, 94, 95, and 96. Of course, you know, they won the Stanley Cups 84, 85, 87, 88, 90. 91 and 92, they went three rounds both years. Basically on fumes. On fumes. I mean, they didn't have much. They they did it, you know, because they knew how to win. And then they went through a tough four-year stretch. And then suddenly back in the playoffs in 1997. And you know what, Brendan? That spawned a new generation of Oilers fans. Maybe, you know, People that were too young to remember the orders of the 80s, but grew up watching, you know, the orders of the 90s. And it was the game was played completely differently. Like, you know, that those teams, the, those late 90s teams, in 97, the orders upset Dallas. In 98, Cujo outdueled Patrick Waugh in the first round of the playoffs. But they pounded the snot out of the opposition teams. Like they, they had games where they must have. Now, this is when you could take a 7- to 10-foot run at a guy and finish ahead. But there, there there were games. I was doing the stats. I remember actually Jack Edwards was doing ABC at the time. And there were games where there might have been 80 to 100 hits, legitimate hits, like everybody hit, often late, ob, you know, often with purpose. 
And uh, the Oilers were the little train that did a couple times. I mean, the fact that they got into the second round with those teams in 97 and 98, it's a pretty impressive accomplishment. Team got sold to the Edmonton Investors Group in the summer of 1998, and away we went. And uh, played Dallas in 99, played Dallas in 2000, took Dallas to 6-01, took Dallas to 6-03, when Dallas had like two and a half times the budget for their team. Which is hard to believe because since the 0506 lockout and some of the Dallas financial challenges, the Oilers have actually been the higher profile and higher money team. Stars, though, are there. Edmonton isn't. Edmonton's got to get back. And the only thing that's going to appease the fans, the only thing that appeases the fans, what's the one thing that appeases the fans, Brendan? Winning. Winning. It doesn't matter who gets hired because... In the spring of 2015, the optimism was abound in this marketplace. It was, with the combination of Shirelli and McClellan coming in. Two guys that had been successful in their roles. And even Brendan is uh, back shortly as 2017. We all thought the team was headed in the right direction. There were a couple guys out there. I mentioned one of them. A little bit worried about the makeup of the team and the lack of team speed. Um, I will say that the Oilers have got some, I don't know if they're game changers, but they got a nice grouping of defensemen coming. You know, Bouchard looks like the type of guy that can run a power play in the future. My guess is Caleb Jones will start the team. You know, the Oilers will find a mechanism. I've already stated it. Four of the, what was it, final 26, 27 games, we saw the same... You can just look up how many games Andre Sekera played to uh, conclude the season. But the Oilers ran out the same three D pairings for the final third of the season. I do not envision the same D pairings to be moving forward with this group. I think Caleb Jones will find a way to be in the mix here. Wouldn't surprise me. The, the organization's got a lot of time for William Lagason. He's not a, a sexy player in terms of the way he skates. He's maybe not seen as being an elite puck mover, but he's a very effective player. And I think those two guys are going to be fighting it out for third-pairing minutes. Oscar Clefbaum, Darnell Nurse. I mean, if you got those two guys both playing 22 minutes, you tell me you can't play Caleb Jones, third-pairing left shot D. 16 minutes a game to transition him in? Absolutely. And then we'll see if there's a change on the right side. Does Joel Person get an opportunity? Person, by the way, uh, was unable to, last I heard, he was uh, not ultimately going to be an option for Sweden, the World Hockey Championships, because of some challenges with some, uh, a knee injury that kept him out of the uh, playoffs for Vesho, so in uh, the Swedish Elite League. But I think he's got a chance. He's an older defenseman. Could see Sam Arukov and Bouchard both starting the year down in the minors. I think Sam Arukov's going to need a couple of years. I'm not convinced Bouchard's going to need a couple of years. And some of you out there have actually said, wait a sec here, you don't always have to overpercolate your guys. It's just let the thing run its course. The point I'm making is when you look at the Oilers' organizational depth on defense, they're probably a 7 or 8 out of 10 on defense. But for me, they're only a 4 or 5 at forward in terms of that prospect base. Benson's one. Cooper Marodi, you know, uh, some people maybe... For me, I, I need to see more explosiveness in the skating. Uh, he does protect the puck while he's got good offensive instincts. Benson, I'm fairly confident, will 
probably at some point next year be in order. Yamamoto's dealt with wrist injuries, and that's a fluid situation. You just heard Jay Woodcroft. So we'll wait and see in that regard. Tomorrow in Oilers now, it'll be Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Reminding you of the new Century Mile Racetrack, which opened yesterday in front of about 5,000 folks out in Nisku. What does the mega-talented Reed Wilkins have an inside sport tonight? You will hear from Darnell Nurse after his uh, selection by Team Canada for the World Championships. A bit of a post-mortem on the Oil Kings season, and then they will have a member of the St. Albert Slash as well. Okay, well, grab me a couple of Nurse clips for tomorrow as well. We'll you get to it. that. Up next, the news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.